Hey, game. Hey, Wags. What you doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. Lombardi's Legends podcast. We've got a uh, former professional bartender here, Wags. What are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should make a Bernie Blast. And, of course, we're going to be using Leaf Spirits Vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave, shall we? So let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass. So this is like a health drink then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to just cover that with ice. And then now we're going to move over to the side. And uh, if we could come in here and take a close look, uh, we're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. So we've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco. Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, do you know? Uh, I, I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Okay. Um, as much as I love where your head's at, Dane, it's blue. And then we're going to put in some ginger ale. Four and a half ounces of lemonade. All right. And now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we can just go ahead. This is an old bartender trick when you're at your tailgate. Just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink glass with the OJ. We're ready to go. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of this Leap Spirit vodka. Whatever it's in, it's going to be really good. I know that. All right. And finally, we are going to garnish with a lemon twist. Okay. There's the gold portion of our green gold. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike. Let me have a sip. It's delicious. Smooth. Leap Spirits Vodka. Terrific. Thank you, Wags. Absolutely. Cheers. Go back, go! Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will All right, all right, all right, folks. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here with Wags, but we do not matter so much tonight because tonight we have an extremely, extremely uh, important and special guest with us, folks, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Jeff Cotton Jr. Jeff, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me. Dude. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And, yeah, I, and we're just jumping on here. It's only a few weeks into the offseason. You're early February. How's the offseason been treating you so far? It's been well. It's been well needed. Um, just trying to get my body, you know, back to 100% and um, just relaxing, you know, spending time with my family, friends, and just mainly relaxing for the most part. So you came into Green Bay, um, what, November? Uh, you signed with the Packers practice squad, right? And um, kind of a fascinating journey. You, you've been in the league now for, for a couple of years. Um, what's your initial impression of Green Bay? And now that you've been part of the program and part of the organization here for a minute, um, what's your impression been so far of the city and the organization? Um, the, the organization is great. Great all around. The coaches, players, the I mean, the people that are in the cafeteria, just er the equipment guys, everybody is just great, good people. Um, 
the city. It reminds me a lot of where I went to school out in Idaho, just like a small, real small, not much to do um, with that. I mean, they love the Packers and the fan base is incredible. So it's, um, it's, it's great. You know, I can't complain. Yeah, and Jeff, I, I know that you were with Jacksonville Jaguars for a yeah. couple seasons before signing with Green Bay in November. Did you have a particular connection to the Packers, or um, just tell us how did that all go down that you ended up um, signing with Green Bay? Because I'm sure that you had other options around the league as well. Yeah. So I had um I actually had came in for a workout like probably two weeks prior to me signing. Came out, um, had a good workout. Everything was going well, but eventually they didn't sign me. And uh, they went with somebody else. And then a couple weeks went by, and my agent ended up calling me and uh, pretty much told me the Packers, they're um, like, go ahead, pack your stuff because they're going to Green Bay pretty much. And, um, yeah, so that's how it went. But I had a couple workouts prior to uh, the Green Bay. But, I mean, it came back around, and I'm just glad I'm here, you know. Yeah, Jeff. So did did you know where Green Bay was on a map? Had you been to Wisconsin before? <laughs> we're from Wisconsin, but we don't expect everybody to know where we're yeah. at. So what was that like? And were you ready for the winter? Oh man. Um for one, well yes, I did um I did do know where, where Wisconsin was at, Green Bay, but never um never been out here, never really would have planned on being out here. But uh the weather, my gosh, that it was <laughs> It was tough for a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Well, well, you know, you we we know you went to college in Idaho, right? So I yeah. wasn't sure if it was comparable or not. You've played football in snow though before, right? Yeah, a little bit. But the thing is, in Idaho, we had a dome, so we never really we practiced outside a little bit um, here and there. But the cold out in, uh, out there in Green Bay, it's different. It's <laughs> it's different for sure. And I I'm I'm well prepared now when I go back. Yeah, so I guess not to belabor that, but I'm just kind of curious. Was there a, a moment that was a little bit different? I mean, you've been in NFL locker rooms, obviously, but just it, it, was there something about walking into that you know facility, Lambeau Field, that first day that uh, struck you as different, or what? Or was there anything that stood out about that experience? Um, kind of just uh, the building, you know, like Green Bay. It's a it's a legendary team a legendary organization so like going in and kind of seeing like all the pictures and plaques on the wall of all the great players that have played in green at green bay before um i like i like seeing that stuff so it was something that uh caught my attention and something that i thought was real cool that they have and it's just like it's just uh, a nice build building overall they i mean it's top of the line top of the line so um, I'd say the biggest thing was just that, kind of just like the memorabilia they have around the building. I thought it was real, real cool. So I got to ask then for folks. So so we have been watching, you know, video uh, after video of you since you signed in Green Bay, just to kind of get a sense of who you are, what kind of player you are. Um, something that um, before we went live here, as you were joining us, that, that stood out to us is your speed. You, you're mm-hmm. a guy that plays with um, explosive speed. You, you play the game, which, and I mean this in the best, biggest compliment, you're a violent football player. I love how you play the game. Um, so 
who do you model your game after? And for Packer fans out there, you know, what what do the, the what can Packer fans expect to see in OTAs and in training camp from Jeff Cotton Jr.? Um, I would say uh, I'm trying to model my game after pretty. I watch a lot of um, a lot of receivers, past and present. So I mean, it's just kind of like everyone kind of like picking a part of everyone's game and kind of making it into your own. Um, but I would say what the the fans can expect is just a you know a hardworking player that wants to make the best play each and every play, you know. Just do my assignment to the best of my ability and um, just, you know, be that player that stands out each and every week. So that that's what I expect. Just go out there and, you know, do what I'm capable of doing. Yeah, for sure. And, and Jeff, one of the things that stood out to me in addition to the speed and physicality is your ability to catch the football away from your body is, is mm-hmm. pretty remarkable. And in some of the tape that uh, I was watching, um, what do you attribute that to? Is that something that you've really worked on? Is that mm-hmm. uh, more of a, a natural skill that you've always had a knack for uh, over time? I, I, because it does stand out. Not everybody yeah. has the ability to, to really extend. And, and bring the football down. Yeah, I would. Um, it's funny because I, I do take pride in catching with my hands. And um, when I was younger, I would try and catch with my body, but like it would never. Work. I feel like I have a hard time catching with my body, and like I'm more than likely to drop because it's gonna bounce off my chest, bounce off my shoulder, or something. So I always try to catch with my hands as much as possible. But you know, during pretty much year round, just trying to keep my hands, you know, strong, uh, forearm strong just a lot of grit. So, I mean, just try and have my hands as strong as possible. So if I can put my hands on it, it's, you know, going to get caught. So, you know, you, 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 so you're on the practice squad um, last year, a good portion of the, uh, of the year. And um, I'm wondering then at that time, um, Oh, what's it look like rotation wise? I know it's a, it was a pretty young wide receiver group yeah, um, overall. Yeah. Um, were you catching passes from, from, um, from Jordan? Were you from Danny? Who are, who, who are kind of your primary quarterbacks and during, during practice? It was, um, majority of the time Jordan during routes on air. I throw a little bit with Aaron here and there, but, um, it was mainly Jordan once practice started going. Cool. Yeah, and when you come in, just out of curiosity, you know, is there something that you're trying to do to really, you know, make that connection both with your teammates and peers in the wide receiver room, but obviously with with the quarterback group that you'll be working closely with as well? Um, just, to, you know, coming in late in the season, mid-season, yeah. um, I'm just kind of curious how that process works and um, how you were able to, to make yourself obviously uh, uh, fit within what the Packers were looking for and the yeah. fact that they extended you that futures deal here recently in January. Yeah. I think um, the big, the biggest thing for me personally, I would say is kind of just like just being, you know, being myself and just not trying to do too much, but um, you know, off the field, being myself, doing the right thing, um, taking care of what I need to take care of, controlling what I need to control. And I mean, that goes on the field as well. I think the biggest thing for me was just, you know, coming in late, like halfway through the season, guys kind of, you know, got their roles and got their, you know, connection with, you know, he or whoever it may be. But I think the biggest thing for me was just studying the playbook. And, I mean, 
when we were when I was out there getting live reps, just being where I needed to be. And I think that that's how I got a lot of my um, catches and practices, just, you know, the team periods, two minute, um, whatever it may be, just, you know, being in the right spot and whether I was open or not, just, you know, being where I needed to be. And and, yeah. and folks, um, right now, um, obviously, if you're listening on the podcast next day, um, you know who we're talking to. We're talking to Jeff Cotton Jr., but I know some folks are uh, hop on our live stream from time to time, too. So Jeff Cotton Jr., wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, our extremely special guest um, right now. Um, Jeff, um, I, I noticed that you played some special teams. You were a kick returner at times uh, at college. Mm-hmm. You got some special teams reps uh, in the NFL. Uh, is that something you're, uh, um, you know, comfortable in doing? Is that something that, yeah. um, you know, that you lean into? And how do you prepare for that? Because it's such a different part of the game than I think day-to-day being a wide receiver at the NFL. Level. Yeah, yeah. It's something that uh, I going into this year is like, is really going to be my main focus because, I mean, I've been in the NFL now for a few years, a couple years. So I know where I need to be and what my role needs to be to, you know, play each and every Sunday. So special teams is most definitely something I'm willing to do and um, looking forward to doing. But uh, just special teams is kind of like it just goes back to like playing football when you're a kid, kind of that mindset. You know, a lot of people overlook it, but it's most definitely one of the most important parts of the game. And, um, it's a good way to, you know, get your name out there and put yourself on film, you know, just going out there hustling and showing effort, making effort plays. So it's, it's exciting. And this is definitely a whole, a whole different mindset you got to have playing on it. For sure. And I mean, in addition to that, I'm just kind of curious, just as a, a follow up to Dan's question and kind of from, from my question earlier, um, you know, when you look at guys that are, are were on the 53 this year, uh, in that wide receiver room, such as an Alan Lazard and maybe kind of a, not obviously the exact same path, but a, in some ways similar path to what you're trying to take here, um, uh, to, to establish yourself and, and to have that opportunity. Um, uh, is, was there anything, did you have any talks with a guy like Alan? Is there anything that you could take away from that? Or is it really more just, you know what you got to do? You get putting into the work and, yeah. and, uh, and it's, it's all about individual circumstances. No, um, yeah, most definitely, uh, being he had talked a lot um to the receiver group he's kind of the that uh the leader of the receiver receiver group um but yeah he was a he was a he was cool dude and uh he talked to us a lot one of the biggest things he said was just always um putting your you know your best effort on tape the the best possible play you can make on tape because i mean that's how it is in the business like you're getting evaluated every day and you just got to put your best foot forward. But um, me personally, I kind of know at this point how um, how to operate and how to you know go about uh, my business. But it's definitely I don't shy away from talking to the older guys or even younger guys, but um, just picking uh, other players' minds, other guys' minds, and um, learning from their journeys and their experiences because I've learned so much from so many different players. So that's something I – Definitely always try to do wherever I'm at, just, you know, get a, get a good connection with the guys and just learn from them. Did you then coming in in November, I mean, you know, some of these guys have been in within the organization since August, a ton of yeah. them 
before then, right? So I just, you're kind of like the new kid in school almost in a, in a weird way. Um, playbook wise, I mean, what was that cram session like just for you to be up and ready to go? Because, you know, you're talking about being in the right position at yeah. the right time. And damn, man, like I've seen these, I, I see what kind of plays you guys are running. It is complicated <laughs> stuff. So, oh, yeah. so how do you get up to, to speed on that? And I assume that your your preparation really um, impressed the coaching staff for you to come back on a futures deal. It's not yeah. an easy task. No, it's not. It's um being in a in, uh few different offices you kind of pick up it's a lot of it is like it's the same but just different lingo so just kind of like knowing how how you study and how you learn best I think it's something I've done well and um been able to do wherever I've been at so I feel like that just studying multiple times a day and um just staying locked in you know keeping it the main thing the main thing and um I think that's been the, the biggest thing that's helped me everywhere I've been is just focusing and keeping the main thing the main thing while I'm, you know, there. That's why the offense has never really – it was a little – you know, it had a little – has a little tricks in there, but, you know, asking questions always helps. And um, nobody ever turned away when I had a question. So uh, I feel like, you know, it was just me, myself, in my studying, but also a credit to the guys, you know, helping me out. For sure. And, you know – in addition to special teams, which you mentioned is a focus for you at this point, um, is there any particular part of your game that I know you're probably enjoying some time off, relax, like you said, getting, getting your body right. But as you start to ramp up here, yeah. uh, OTAs, uh, training camp, et cetera, is there any part of your game that you're really focusing on as a receiver to try to develop some uh, further this offseason? Um, I feel like the biggest thing is just proving, you know, releases, um, Routes, top of the routes. Uh, what else? Just catching. I feel like you know every off season is an opportunity to improve on. Obviously the the things that you're not too good at, but just everything else as a whole. And um, I'll say that this one thing I can always just practice, practice, practice is you know top of the route and releases. You know, working with somebody in front of you, so it doesn't get. And you know, it's not really new when OTAs or you know can't come around. Just kind of one thing I like to do is try and replicate game game situation as much as possible. So, however, that, however that may be, um, whenever I get back into into things, uh, I like doing that. Do you then? Um, so this is a wide receiver group. Don't have to tell you. We I mentioned at the top. It's a, currently as the roster stands. It's um, it's a group that's very youthful. Um, that's had um, some success in the league already, um, but it is still youthful. Um, do you? Are you somebody that plays primarily? On the outside, are you a slot receiver? Where are you comfortable? Where have they had you line up so far within the organization? Just kind of curious what your MO is on the mm -hmm. offensive side. And this is selfishly a question I have because I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, I like to just be, you know, available to be put wherever, wherever whether it's outside, inside, you know, wherever it may be. But um, it, was really, it was really a lot of uh, slot. A lot of the slot I was um, playing during, like, team periods and all that. But, I mean, either or, I like. And um, I feel like, you know, if you're able to go inside or outside, it's just more opportunity. So, you know, I don't 
usually uh, I do get put on the outside, but I mean, I try to let coaches know, like I can play inside and make sure I know, <laughs> know what I'm doing in there. So I can, you know, tell them that. Cool. Yeah. Jeff, I, I'm kind of curious just to maybe shift away from the, your situation with the Packers for a moment. Um, your journey to the NFL um, is I, just like I think every player's is very interesting journey. Um, certainly, you went the JUCO route out of high school, uh, all American. Then you go to Idaho, all American. So uh, you got the accolades, man. But um, just just kind of curious because I think an underrated thing is some of the challenges that you and other players have to deal with along that journey. So I'm just curious if you're willing to share, you know, any particular challenges that you dealt with on that journey that you have to kind of try to overcome. And and those of you that are, are listening on the pod, I encourage you to, um, you know, go to our video because I can tell as Wags is asking this question, Jeff's got some ideas in mind. He's thinking about stuff going back. So it's great. No, yeah, man, that, it's crazy to think about because, like, it's been a long, like, a long journey. And it's, like, I give credit to a, a lot of people because without, like, a certain certain few people, like, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So it was um definitely, like, so going, going out of JUCO, my last semester, Long story short, I ended up having to take like three three different classes at three different schools all that summer prior to going to Idaho. Finish those, then I go go out to Idaho, and then you know going to Idaho and being a real small school, just you know having to. And then some our coach would always you know say says like we're at Idaho, you have to like you have to do everything here, everything right here, and and some more. Cause I mean, we're such a small school. We don't play big schools like that. So you're not going to get that exposure, but, um, and then, you know, doing my thing in Idaho, getting into the NFL and just, you know, the undrafted, um, undrafted situation, you know, just going through it and kind of hopping from team to team here and there. But, you know, it's just trying to find the right fit, trying to find the right situation, make the most of the situation I'm in and, um, just getting that trust from the coaches that they can trust me and put me in any situation without having to second guess themselves. Um, but I think just the journey, it's been a, it's been a, a long one. It's been a ride. It's been a roller coaster for sure. Um, but you know, I'm grateful for it. It's definitely made me to who I am today. And, um, I just try and along this journey, um, inspire people and, you know, let them know that there's hard times, but there is also good times. So just keep on, keep on trucking, you know? Yeah. But, um, most, most definitely grateful for the journey. When did you realize, Jeff, that maybe the NFL was a possibility? Um, going from Ooh. junior college, Idaho, you know, when, when did you go, you know what? I think I can play in this league. Um, oh, so you're like, when, when I felt like, Okay, I can play. It's kind of a double. It's kind of a two parter, right? It's like yeah. when did you think, like, oh shoot, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in the league, and then the second yeah. one is when do you go? You know what? I think I can stick in this league. No, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I think I, I've always, you know, since I was younger, wanted to play in the NFL. But I think in college, like making plays against, you know, some of the bigger teams, 
the FBS schools, like just giving you that boost of confidence that, okay, like, you know, I can compete with these guys. And then, um, in that, uh, being in the NFL and just making plays against, you know, being on practice squad, you're obviously going against the first team defense, you know, making plays against them, just making plays, you know, throughout the season against whoever it may be, you know, you're just building your confidence. And then eventually I knew, I knew, and cause I struggled with my confidence early, my rookie year, um, the camp, it was tough. And I think right, right about halfway through my rookie year, I was like, okay, like, I can do this for real. Got comfortable, you know, started playing fast, not really thinking. And um and then I had ended up getting injured, but I think that that was when like I just needed that that, you know, first eight weeks to kinda get my feet wet and just get used to everything and get that confidence going. But definitely like halfway through my rookie year I was like, All right, like I can do this for real. I was gonna say I don't know if people that haven't played really understand the, you know, the jump that happens at every level. I mean, you know, you could go back to going from, you know, middle school to high school level football and then going from junior varsity to varsity and then like varsity to, 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 to college level. I mean, the, the progressions are, are significant and it's a transition at every level, right? Yeah, correct. Most definitely. Most definitely. Just because, you know, everyone's each, you know, level you go is just bigger, faster, stronger, bigger, faster, stronger. You know, being in the NFL, you're playing against some of the best athletes in the world, some of the fastest, you know, quickest. So um, it's just definitely you got to be on your P's and Q's at all times. And just with, with reps, you know, you just get used to it. So it's just repetition at the end of the day. You mentioned going against the the best, and the Packers have some of the best, in our opinion, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Um, what what's it like going against guys like Jair and and Razul and you know, I mean, all of these dudes? But is there a lot of John going on in, in, in practice too, as much as going on in game day? Or what's that look like, and what's the chemistry like on that? You know, internal. Yeah, no, they're definitely um, both very. Very good corners, very smart. You know, having two guys like that, it's fun to go against because you can you can ask questions. You know, they're willing to to answer at all times, and uh, both were just really good players. So it's good to get some good work against them and work your craft. But um, you know, they're both you know great players, great guys, and um, definitely grateful you know to have the opportunity to work against players like that each and every week. All right, Jeff, I'm going to kind of take another shift here. Um, we know that you are Jeff, the football player. You love, love talk about that, but who are you off the field? <laughs> like, what are you into? What are, you yeah. know, what, oh, yeah, what, what are you when you're not the football player? When I'm not the football player, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just a chill dude. Like, I don't do, I'm a simple man. I like to tell people I'm a simple man. You know, I just like to, Spending time with my fan, friends, um, just chill, you know, laid back. I kind of go with the flow. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't got too much to me, you know. I would say recently, you know, I just started reading a lot of books the past couple of years, trying to, um, you know, make my time useful reading, learning something. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a simple guy, you know. That's great. I mean, I love it, man. I, you seem like a really good dude. I, I so 
you know, and I know we want to be mindful of your time, but what, you listen to music. Are you a music guy? Do you listen to anything <laughs> that gets you hyped up before the games? What's that look like? Is it different <laughs> than what you're like vibing to at home? You know, kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to, um, I'm, I'm a real, uh, just rap R&B. I listen to a lot of R&B. I listen to a lot of R&B like the past couple of years. I got like a giant playlist now, but, um, I kind of like, like to just say, you know, not listen to the crazy, you know, headbanging stuff yeah. 24-7. Like, I like to do that um, maybe before practice, before games, um, when I need to. But if I'm just, you know, chilling throughout the day, I like to listen, you know, to R&B. And then maybe throw in uh, something a little crazy here and there. But, you know, I like a chill vibe. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jeff, just kind of curious, have, have you had a chance? I'm I'm guessing you're you're not in Green Bay right now, are you? No, sir. Okay, all right. Just to go somewhere warmer. That's probably. Yeah. Are you back? I don't know. I, I, yeah, if you're back in Arizona, but um, you know, it, it, I'm not sure if you had any chance coming from. You're from Tucson, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, big city, um, Phoenix area. But just kind of curious. Um, is, is there anything in Green Bay from a cultural green bay perspective that you're like that that really was an eye opener just i don't know if there was any 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 like meal that you had that you went out or just any like anything you saw driving into practice one day um you know uh, some, sometimes green bay could be a little bit different so i'm just kind no of, yeah i'm trying to think i feel like there was something here or there uh damn i would say one thing that surprised me was a lot of the restaurants uh I feel like majority of them have those cheese curds. Yeah. Just about all of them, like everywhere I, I went, it was just like I seen cheese curd, cheese curd. I'm like, dang. <laughs> I, I just like the cheese out here. <laughs> yeah, we put cheese on everything uh, here in Wisconsin. I, yeah, Jeff, I thought you were going to say that all the restaurants close at about 8 p.m. in Green That Bay. too. That as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That one for sure. Is there well, any I, is there any um uh, uh, meaning behind the number eighty two? Is that just issued to you? Is that you know what's what's behind that? No, it's not. Honestly, it was just one they had a. I want to say it was just the one. It was one they gave me. Yeah. I didn't ask too many questions, but uh, it might have been. I, I think I might have asked Red, and he said it was the only one they had. Cool. For sure. Um, well, Jeff, I I. I really want to thank you again. Appreciate you for coming on. I think we, we, as Dane said a few minutes ago, want to be mindful of your time and let you get back to enjoying your evening. Um, and you know, we'll be watching you, uh, from afar, um, and rooting for you as you make your way through the off season training camp program and best of luck with everything, uh, in Green Bay and, um, you know, stay connected here. Uh, we're, we're hoping that everything goes well for you as you move forward. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. We'll be cheering for you hard all through OTAs and camp and tracking you and making sure our listeners know all the good stuff you're doing in Green Bay. So we really appreciate you. Jeff Cotton Jr., wide receiver, Green Bay Packers. Man, thank you so much in the yes, offseason sir. taking the time to join this podcast. Dang Wags, much love. Appreciate you guys. See you, Jeff. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. So, Jeff, we'll let you go and um, take go ahead and take a break here and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. 
The stage is set and we're counting down to battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for NFL action than the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers' wags can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Yep. So, Dane, I don't know if you've got any early predictions for the Super Bowl. I mean, I know neither of us have a, a, you know, a, a rooting interest, per se, but... Um, you know, I, I, I've got to say, when it comes to the Super Bowl, I'm really into the prop bets, and mm-hmm. that's what makes the game interesting to me. So I'm going to keep my eye on uh, DraftKings and see if they're willing to throw some prop bets out there. First touchdown scored, maybe that's Travis Kelsey. That's probably not going to be too many, too great of odds. So maybe we'll go with something a little long shot, like uh, mm-hmm. Pacheco or, or you know, something along those lines. But Dane, I, I like to plunk a few bucks down whenever we can. So oh, download so the DraftKings Sportbook app now. Yep. And use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57, get $200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right. So, Dane, that was great to talk to Jeff awesome. and really appreciate, yeah. again, him coming on. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how things progress in the offseason with what the Packers decide to do with this wide receiver from. And certainly there's going to be turnover. Or we mm-hmm. know that it, there may be some impact of, of the wide receiver room. We know they'll be drafting wide receivers as well. Uh, but I think um, Jeff seems like he certainly uh has a, a really solid idea uh, of what his role is and and what his track is to have the best chance to make this 53 man roster. Yeah, man, and listen, I, I mean right now what there's five guys under contract, so shoot, they draft maybe what two more, sign a free agent probably, so there's what five, seven, eight or so that come into camp. Uh, is my guess. Maybe a little more with undrafted guys. But don't tell me that uh, Jeff Cotton Jr. doesn't have an opportunity to have a big camp and, and somehow, you know, make his way onto this roster. We've seen it time and time again with the Green Bay Packers where they have guys that just earn a role um, through through really good OTAs and really good training camp. And I thought it was impressive, right? Dude comes in in November. I, I can't say it enough. Comes in in November and earns a second contract. Um, to, you know, to, to come in and, and what folks don't realize and what I didn't mention at the, uh, while he was on is that, um, he took 82 from a receiver that he replaced. They released another guy on the practice squad. Jeff came in, took 82, right? I mean, so, and so the Packers were clearly looking for a wide receiver. He's the guy that, that stood out and they like him enough that he's coming in. They want to take another look at him. He does the little things right. If he throws blocks, he's a physical wide receiver. And if he plays well on special teams, don't be surprised if Jeff Cotton Jr. is getting a ton of run uh, through OTAs and into training camp. It's his to grab. I really think it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. As I thought that was a good question to see who's working with. Um, 
he said mostly Jordan Love. Sure. So if there's some connection there, um, I think that segues into something else we wanted to talk about is if, if this is Jordan Love's team, um, the more connection that you have with uh, potentially what could be the starting quarterback next year, uh, I think the, the better you're off you're going to be. So, uh, so certainly getting that head start on early work uh, and then bridging that into the offseason program uh, is and we've seen this track. So many times now, uh, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So as you said, Dane, uh, never be surprised, uh, when someone like Jeff, uh, can make a run at, at, at the roster. So, um, that being said, uh, I think we should talk. We've been ignoring last episode. Mm-hmm. We focused on the defense. Uh, but, uh, the big topic, obviously, when it comes to offseason chatter has been, the quarterback situation and it keeps getting hotter and hotter and more and more smoke with Aaron Rodgers uh, potentially getting traded. So Dane, as we stand today, February 2nd, um, recording here tonight, um, where do you stand on the situation? Um, I think we both agreed that we're good with uh, trading Aaron Rodgers, that it's the right time. Mm-hmm. But um where do you stand currently based on everything that's been happening with right from Aaron and Packers camp, but also around the league as things have shifted a little bit in, in the quarterback landscape as well? Well, music to my ears was uh, Devontae Adams putting out on social media. You know, there was like the joke question came like, where, which neighborhood is, is he Aaron moving to? And Devontae said, mine. I love it because it, it, it puts, if, if you're the Packers, what you really want, and we're Packer fans, and, you know, at the end of the day in this podcast, we're hardcore Packer fans. You want options and you want the, whether it's actual or the perception, you want it, you want as many cooks in the kitchen on this as humanly possible that want Aaron Rodgers services, because that's how you're going to be able to extract uh, the most assets in return for Aaron Rodgers services. That's a reality. So um, whether the Packers decide they want to keep Aaron Rodgers uh, and Aaron decides that as well, or if they decide to move on, I think the the more um, options that are out there, the better. Uh, it sounds like the Jets internally, externally, every turnally <laughs> are talking about how they'll they'll go all in for Aaron Rodgers, so to speak. And that's great to hear. But um, all in when you're the only one is a lot different than all in when there's a couple other teams also vying to, to, to get him. So um, I think that's a pretty big deal. And um, the, the news that Tom Brady's retiring, that's just one less starting quarterback in the league. Um, and, and Tom was one that, um, you know, he's a guy who nobody was going to have to give up assets for. He was a guy that was going to come in as a free agent. And now with him off the, the books with his retirement, it just makes the quarterback position even that much more valuable if they're looking a team's looking to get over the top with a veteran quarterback now all eyes truly are going to be on Aaron Rodgers because the the alternatives are what the Derek Carrs of the world I mean realistically if you're a team that's close and and you want to give up some assets kind of like the Rams did a number of years ago to to kind of go all in then the Packers are your number one call because Aaron Rodgers is probably the guy you think is going to get you over the top more than anybody else so I I, I you know I do I have a magic Ball, uh, eight ball, no, but I think it's good news for the Packers that it seems like more and more teams might be warming up to the idea of trading for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think we, and I say us too, we have kind of had our mindset around coming to grips with trading Aaron 
now, and, and that's that's the route we think this might go. Um, just to have balance, I I I do see a little bit more in the last couple of days that zag to might it make more sense for the past um the NFC North Detroit has gotten better but the Vikings I I don't think anyone expects short of an amazing offseason that they're going to be able to repeat what they did this past year by going 11 and 0 in one score games um so they're going to have a regression <laughs> um the bears are more than a year away um so Maybe they'll be a little bit more competitive next year, but I frankly do not see them competing for winning the division in the NFC North. And then when you look around the NFC, Philadelphia, yeah, they had a few late season injuries, but then everybody got healthy again or healthy-ish right before the playoffs. So they've had really good uh, injury fortune um, whereas, you know, uh, most teams are not going to be seeing that in, in, consecutive seasons so uh certainly that's probably a team that you look out for the giants maybe they're ascending but i don't know um what are they, they daniel jones played pretty well um i think they've got a really good coach but now uh, they gotta pay and, daniel jones right which well, is a whole different thing it, from a structure standpoint exactly and i mean you just look around the nfc the 49ers now with their quarterback room i don't know what you do I, it sounds like not be back um and so that's a little bit up in the air. So um I, on paper, they probably have the best 53-man roster, but are they as dangerous as we thought they might be? Right. I don't know. So, I, I mean, this isn't me talking myself into this is the best move to bring back Aaron Rodgers, but, Dane, I think we shouldn't just brush off that yeah. that might be just as much of a possibility as it is to trade him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'll also tell you that um, I actually feel like we're in a really privileged position as Packer fans because a lot of teams are working with no quarterbacks and you're mentioning a bunch of them. And right now we're trying to determine do basically if Aaron Rodgers decides to play this year, which I'm 99.9% sure he's going to be playing NFL football this season, then the question becomes, do we, um, you know, is, are we going to go with our, uh, four-time MVP quarterback for another year? Or are we going to trade and get some major assets and go with Jordan Love, who, um, you know, in a small amount of duty, looked pretty darn good last year? Um, that's not a bad spot to be in. Now, and, and it's also, Wags, it's fair to say that, you know what, maybe it's time to trade Aaron Rodgers and also it's going to hurt and it's going to suck, right? It, those are not mutually exclusive. But that being said, I don't see, I, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility at all that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers realize, you know what, we're still going to stick this out and we're going to, we're going to try to finish what we started here. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that ended up being the case when it's all said and done. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a dance. I don't think this is going to wrap up anytime soon. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we've had a couple of years, uh, in my opinion, where it looked like Aaron could have been gone wasn't gone. And what makes this truly different this year? I'm not sure. So maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Packers do end up coming to terms, coming back for one more year. And maybe this is it for Aaron, or maybe, you know, we we're talking about this again, a calendar year from now, but I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron's back. I also wouldn't be shocked if he's traded. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to be unsurprised, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think probably the biggest hurdle, to be honest with you, is it seems like there's probably a little bit more give that the Packers would be willing to do to accommodate what Aaron wants. And so then it becomes, well, if you, 
if you, in that negotiation, if you're willing to give enough of what Aaron wants to make it roll it back and, and he comes back to the Packers, do they have a path to being able to competitively improve the roster? And I, frankly, they underperformed last year. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the first part of it. I think they can bounce back just from that perspective. That said, you can't just say, okay, we're just going to be better next year and magically that's going to happen. Um, th- they've got to have be able to have a reasonable pathway to improve the roster. And I'm not sure that with all respect to some of the guys that he mentioned that I love his Packers, I'm not sure bringing those guys back right. and hamstringing what's already a tight cap situation is the answer uh, to Great. putting yourself right back in the thick of realistic Super Bowl contention. Things can happen and things can break well, but the reality is I think a lot of things would have to break the Packers' way in, in order for that to work out. Um, but I'm willing to entertain the idea that, look, Aaron Rodgers was playing with a broken thumb. Um, and he had in the start of the season, uh, they overperformed the first few weeks with a juggling offensive line. They got a little bit exposed in that London game against the Giants and they had a, a lot of injuries to be fair right in that stretch of the season as well. Uh, particularly to some of the young guys that you were counting on to make that jump in development and contribute early in the season. But, that's a lot of ifs in my mind in order for the Packers to come into next season with Aaron Rodgers still at, uh, at the starting quarterback position. Um, so I think it's just a matter of what would they get if they trade Jordan Love? Are mm-hmm. that, is that enough of an, uh, enough assets that you're getting a reasonable value in return? Because we know both of them aren't going to be back versus what are you going to get with Rodgers? And then what's the pathway to building the most competitive 53 man roster, um, from there? And so, uh, I think certainly there's going to be communication. Um, and Aaron will probably get some answers from the Packers and maybe the Packers just tell him, look, um, our decisions made up. Uh, we, I obviously appreciate everything you've done uh, for this team and this organization, Mm -hmm. but if you'd like to continue to play football, we think it's in the best interest of both of us. If we look at opportunities to to find you a a different uh, city and and team to play for uh, next season. Um, And then, then it becomes kind of that discussion. So um, I wouldn't be surprised either way, Dane. I am still leaning more towards, there's a lot of smoke here. Um, with, with this situation. And so I, I think ultimately he will be traded. Uh, but it is interesting to ponder what that pathway may be if that's not what happens. Do you think that this is a time, put a timeline on it? Is this a timeline? This would, I mean, the draft's in April. So this would have to probably resolve in the next couple of months, realistically, in the next month and a half, two months for this to be a realistic scenario, whether he comes back or not. I think that they're going to have to make that determination sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect it. We're going to find anything out before March. Um, yeah. I, if I had to guess, if, if they're going to trade him more than likely, it'll probably be right around that second to third week in March. Um, like what happened last offseason when, when Devontae got traded. That seems to be the window. Um, the league year, the new league year will have opened up. Um, free agency, uh, is, is, will be kind of ready to go. And while I don't expect the Packers to have a lot of room to be really active in free agency, I think they're going to want to probably have some decisions with 
the biggest uh, part of the roster construction made uh, before they get too far along. So I, I think it's reasonable that both sides and, and not to mention other teams around the league, they can't drag their feet out yes. and expect that other teams are going to be willing to take on a major trade or have to reconstruct um, their salary cap situation, uh, even though they wouldn't have quite as much of a cap penalty uh, by taking on Aaron Rodgers in a trade than the Packers do to keep him. Uh, certainly, that's something that isn't can't just you know happen um, in order to work for for some of the other teams that might be looking at that as well. So um, I would say probably mid uh, March ish um, we'll have a much better idea, um, and hopefully Aaron uh, continues to be transparent about what his decision is. But I don't think he's going to tell us. Well, I'm coming back, but the track Packers decided to trade me. No, um, I expect that. that right. I expect that that'll probably be coordinated between both parties, despite some of the shade and and some of the lack of uh, communication that they've had in past years. It it does seem like there's enough respect on both sides, uh, and they that they understand that it's mutually beneficial to work together to make that happen if that's the route they decide to go. It's going to be a fun off season, Wags. Um, I, I'm. It's going to be very eventful. And uh, speaking eventful, um, we're going to have a ton of awesome. You know, we had an awesome guest tonight, Jeff Cotton Jr. Um, you know, and and th- this is the start. The off season. We hate the off season because the Packers aren't playing. But one of the fun parts of it is we get to have our interview series. Uh, start to unfold. Jeff Cotton Jr. kicked it off tonight, but we've got some other really exciting guys in the slate uh, coming up between now and training camp. So, um, you know, between interviews, uh, draft analysis, free agency, uh, and and camp and everything else in between, it's going to be a really busy offseason here at Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Absolutely. So, folks, thanks so much for joining us tonight. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.